We are back. Aren't we, Cripple 2? Right after a failed recording. Yeah, after... um... After a failed recording, which you were dumb enough not to save save your recordings on your computer, because you know your, your computer's a liability, and you know it crashes often. You're a dumbo. Well, I didn't take that into consideration. Right, um, cripple times two, I'll call you. Yep, cripple one, but times two in mindset. Yeah, I, I see what you mean. Yeah, look. Anyway, what, episode five, we've, we've actually got five of these out. Or hopefully out, if, an, if um, cripple one saves the recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, we've got an announcement actually before we uh, let you know what's going on in today's episode. Um, we are going to be releasing uh, a new series of episodes called Bra You Know's Unemployed Journey. Right, it's it's what before before you guys get worried about um about us being unemployed and stuff. It's not it's in the virtual gaming world of football. Or soccer, as you as you Americans like to call it, but it's it's on a game that's very popular. Football Manager, play it. But best PC Who, game. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer played it. Just just pointing it out. Yeah, yeah. When when he was under 19s manager for for Manchester United. Was he under 19s? I never knew that. Yeah, I knew uh, it was like it, for a Denmark t- for a Danish team, but. Yeah. He was the under-19s manager. Then he got the Cardiff manager manager's job. Absolutely did terrible with Cardiff in 2013. Got them relegated. Then went to Denmark. Um, and went to Mould. And no, not Denmark even. It was Norway, I think. Norway, where he's from. And and he's he won the treble in Norway. And then came to Man U and is, has had a... Amazing win streak and is now failing. Yeah, but no, 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 and I wouldn't say he's failing. It's just that they face two tough games. Like if you're if you're expecting him, like him to repeat, him to do this amazing, he's gonna have losses. Like at the the FA Cup result against Wolverhampton, they were playing at the Molyneux. Wolverhampton are, in, in my mind, a Europa League team. Or they play with the quality of a Europa League team. And I wouldn't be surprised if if they get the seventh. I think they are in seventh place, though. But that doesn't give because, them... No, but the, th- the thing is, because, he, because Manchester United will win the FA Cup and they've already won the Carabao <laughs> Cup, the seventh and eighth place... Well, no, is... they can't win the FA Cup anymore because they're out. Who? Man United. No, I, no, no. I'm talking about Wolverhampton. You, with, you, you meant freaking. you said uh, Man United, so I got confused. No, so, what? Um, yes. Yeah, so, so, so I meant Wolverhampton because I, I think Wolverhampton play with the quality of um, of the Europe League team, and I do, th- and I do think because of the seventh and eighth spots, um, conve- conveying into chat into Europa League places, I do believe that Wolverhampton will be a Europa League team next year. I am angry too. Nope, I'm at are you angry? Two. I'm angry, Cripple Two. Why? Why are you angry? You see, Poland and Austria are playing right now, and yeah. I look at the lineups, and 
Where right. is Michał Pazdan? Tell me. A, the greatest do, bold not, Polish defender I've ever seen. I, I do. I do not know who this guy is. I've never heard of the guy. He was bossing it in. Um, was it twenty six? No. It was, uh, when were the Euros? Which team does he play for? Poland, obviously. As in, what club does he play for? Um, Legia Warszawa. No, that's why no one's heard of him. No, but I'm talking about me as a Polish fan. As a Polish oh, as a Polish fan, I'm just like because the, because soccer's going global, and and these Polish rejects, I'm I'm only Joe. Um, Lewandowski, oh, um, Krzysztof Piątek, um. Milik, Gigi, I can carry on. Um, no, I'm, I'm saying these Polish rejects that play in the in the Polish Premier League that no, no one even pays attention to the Polish Premier League. Yeah, I know, but every, every like once in a while, once in a while we take notice of Warsaw because they they're usually in the Europa League no, and then we say Champions them. League. Remember, I mean when they got destroyed by Real Madrid, but yeah, like yeah. How they even managed to get into the Champions League, I have no I idea. don't know, and I don't even care. Let's move on. All right. Um, NBA scores first, because that's what yeah, we yeah. always go but for. We... Um, big games, big games. Um, I'll start off with Cavs versus Bucks. Right, um, Colin Sexton. Stop. Stop with this 25-point point streak. You're costing your team Zion Williamson. Stop, because... Because the Cavs are on a three-game win streak, if I am correct. Because of Colin Sexton, average in the last three games, averaging 28 points. They are on a two-game win streak. Oh, no, or in the last three games, he's averaged 28 points, but they're on the two-game win streak. Yeah. Colin Sexton, you need to calm down if you want, if you want Zion Williamson. But then again, I don't want Zion Williamson in Cleveland because of the LeBron comparisons. And I just want Zion Williamson to be in a place where he actually gets to be Zion Williamson. Because if he ends up in in Cleveland, there will be the comparisons to LeBron and how Zion Williamson in his first year has has to average more than 21 points, just like LeBron did, and and car- and carry the the Cleveland Cavaliers to an eighth seed, which LeBron. Although LeBron LeBron carried them to a ninth seed, because um, he ca- he nearly carried them into the playoffs his first year. So I just think that if Zion Williamson ends up in Cleveland, I just hope, I just hope, I just really hope that the Cleveland fans do not put oh he's the next LeBron on onto his um onto his um we would call it shoulders. Um, shoulders. If he let, if if he ends up in New York, he gets traded, simply, because New York is looking to get Anthony Davis. You know, Mavs could actually get him potentially. Yeah, but that's it. Yeah, but the, the fact is, the the Mavs, the thing is, the Mavs right now are looking. But they don't need him really. They because the thing is, the Mavs really, they've got all the intentions to lose because the thing is. Currently, they've got the seventh best. They've got they've got the seventh pick in the draft right now. Also, they have Kristaps Porzingis. Can, 
Can you just not interrupt me and I'm um, finished what I'm saying? Oops, sorry. Basically, what, what I'm trying to say is that is that Dallas, from that Trey Young Luka Doncic trade, which I both, uh, which I think both teams won. Um. But um, they got the um. The um, the um, Atlanta got a, another first round pick that, if it doesn't turn into a top five pick, um, then Atlanta gets two. Uh, two top ten picks in the top ten gets two first round picks in the top ten, so that they would get the seventh pick, and they would get the top and the tenth pick. So, um, that then then you've got so then you've got New York, then you then you've got. Bit, so we know that if he if he ends up in New York, he gets traded. If he ends up in Cleveland. I hope to God that he that 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 he doesn't have the pre- the LeBron hype put on him. And then the third team that can get him is the um. What, who's the third worst? Can you look it up while I um? The Suns. Um... Oh yeah, yes, yes, yeah, Suns. I think with the Suns, the Suns. I think if you have a big three of the. I I really don't trust the Suns because they don't need Zion Williamson, but they're going to get Zion Williamson anyway. They always the get... fact the fact the fact is they've got one of the best youth cores in the NBA, and ju- and I think if you add Zion Williamson, you're because you you've already got your small forward slash power forward with, and I don't know how Zion Williamson and DeAndre Ayton can play. Powerful Sashena, which I honestly think that later down his career, Zion Williamson will transition anywhere between small forward, power forward, and centre. Because I, I believe with his physical abilities and him be and him coming into the league already as the second heaviest player in the, in the league, I just he will bode well being at centre. Anyway, so those are those are my thoughts on the ta- the tankathon. So Cleveland, if you do want Zion, which I don't hope you get Zion, stop stop trying to win. Cool. I, w- I will say that that um, Giannis didn't play. Yeah, I, I was going to say that. So, but um, the box score: uh, Chris Middleton with twenty points and twelve rebounds. Eric Bledsoe with twenty-four. Uh, Brooke Lopez with nineteen. Um, I think what what's this showed me is that I I think I am I am worried about the Bucks ever since although they've been winning for the last five games, apart from that one loss and and the loss tonight to um Philadelphia. Max Kellerman said it best on on ESPN this afternoon. Afternoon our time, morning morning and American American people's time, but what I will say is that Joel Embiid dominated Giannis in that Sixers um, Milwaukee game. Although although Giannis got the more points, Joel Embiid played the better game, was more efficient, and actually defended Giannis very very well. 
Because because the thing is with Giannis, you just need to match him up against something that that someone that can be as physical as Giannis. And I think Joel Embiid is one of the few rare players that can be just as physical to Giannis that Giannis is to a defender. And I I honestly think without without Giannis on on the team, they are still a playoff team. But are they still with Giannis off the roster? Are they still that first seed? Are they still second seed? Are they still third seed? I think without Giannis on the roster, they're fifth seed, realistically. Mm. And how I will say that um, that that their bench is questionable, although they've added Miritich. They it's have made guys a huge like impact now, and and they've got guys rotating coming off the bench. Their bench unit is still weak. Out of the four teams that can win the East, no, the five teams that can win the East, because I do still count Indiana as a potential dark horse to win. I honestly think that Boston, although they're having chemistry troubles, although not everything's there with Boston. I still think they have a better bench than Milwaukee. The 76ers have a slightly better bench than Milwaukee. Uh, Toronto probably has the best bench in the Eastern Conference. And then Indiana, although it's not a star-studded bench, it's guys that know their roles. And the, the way that Indiana works as a unit is probably the most intriguing factor of why they could potentially go to to a, an NBA Finals. Um, as you mentioned, with Colin Sexton, twenty five points and um, and Jordan Clarkson with twenty three. Now, probably the biggest game um, of this of today. Celtics versus Sixers. What I will say is that um, this game's this game, in my mind at least, uh, confirms the theory that I've had ever since Joel Joel has been back. Since Joel has been back, the Seventy Sixers have been the best team in the East by the way they've played, not by record. By the way they've played in those five games since he's been back. And Joel Embiid, ever since he's been back, has had that fire. Now, touch wood, he stays healthy for for the rest of the season. Because because what I think that Joel Embiid is, when healthy, a top five player in the NBA. Is that fair? Would you say that? Who, when Joel he- Embiid? Yeah. Yeah. Well, when not healthy, he... When not healthy, he's still a top 10 player. But I think with Joel Embiid, until he can have a full two seasons of being healthy, I think every because every single season, apart from last season, but last season he had, he had the minor facial injury that he missed half of the playoffs for. Um, I, I just think that Joel Embiid... Technically, Joel Embiid has not stayed entirely healthy for a whole season, and that worries me. 
Because Joel Embiid, if if everything goes well, he can be a multiple time MVP, and he can probably go down as one of the. You can probably go down as top five center of all time, and or a top three a top three center of all time. That's how much I believe in Joel Embiid. It's just his health. But going back to seventy sixes, the way they have played as a unit, and the way Brett Brown has has figured out finally a way to make Ben Simmons effective in the last 10 games because um, Ben Simmons has been, although has been the main ball handler, is that once he's off the ball, he switches with Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler becomes a primary ball handler in the half court thing. And then Ben Simmons and then switches with Tobias Harris. And become and becomes the primary rebounder, and because and then they and then they switch him with the guard, and therefore he gets a mismatch on the rebound, and therefore his offensive rebounding, they're exploiting his skills by having him on the inside rather than him being a liability on the outside, which I think is is really clever, and I think if Ben Simmons doesn't develop a shot. The 76ers now know how to use them. Because this 10-12 game thing where they've figured out how to use him as a rebounder, switch him with Jimmy Butler, then the rebounding role with Tobias Harris, it's worked out very well. And it's kind of put a plaster over the hole that is leaving Ben Simmons on the outside. And just um, keep keeping the offense at standstill. Um, for the box score for Boston, uh, Kyrie with thirty six nine nine rebounds, four assists. Um, Al Horford with twenty two points. Terry Rozier with twenty, and that is all. Gordon Haywood didn't play today. Don't know why. Um, Joel Embiid with thirty-seven points and a career-high twenty-two rebounds. Um, ben Simmons with thirteen. Jimmy Butler with twenty-two uh, and a clutch shot at the end of the game. And that is pretty much it. So next game, the probably MVP of this season, James Harden and the Rockets. Although he's not our MVP, I will say. Yeah. The thing is about James Harden MVP is that what he has done there. The thing is, he's probably had, and I and I, I'm and I'm saying and I'm saying this outright. He's he's had the best scoring season since Kobe Bryant in two thousand and eight, because Kobe Bryant in two thousand and eight. Nearly averaged thirty-seven points for a whole season, and, and the way that James Harden has carried the load of that Houston team through through a Chris Ball injury, a James Harden injury, a Clint two Clint Capella in injuries and stuff, it's really shown how. How, despite all odds, that team runs through him, 
And ever since he's been there, since 2014, he has averaged over 26 and a half points. 26 and a half. Points. And for the last three years, has averaged over 29 points. Um, box score. Uh, James Harden, uh, 57 points. Um, for... No. Yeah. Although I would want one more thing about James Arden and the Rockets. They scare me in the way that they are probably with Houston a a regular season team. But they scare me in the playoffs. Because the thing is People will get more physical with Harden. Harden will go to the line more. But, but then people will double-team Harden. And currently, with the roster they've constructed, although they've got Eric Gordon and they've got players that know their roles, if if James Harden has a bad game in the playoffs, which I'm sure, I'm sure he'll, he'll have, and he'll be double-teamed, and they'll play physical defense, and he... he and he's played out of the game, how will a semi-healthy Chris Paul, how will, will a Clint Capella, how will, how will an Eric Gordon uh, deal with that situation? That That's the only thing that does worry me about Houston. I still believe that they can get to the second round, where they will eventually fall to the Warriors. Mm. thing is, right now, if they were to, uh, if the standings would stay the same, which I think they are, for, um, for both conferences. Houston would play. Uh, they'd play uh, Spurs. Which I th- I think I think they easily get past. No, actually, I don't think it would I, be easily. D- d- depe- depends on it whether Lamarcus Aldridge is back. Because if Lamarcus Aldridge is back, then they they then that team is competitive. Um, that's, there's nothing more for the, um, Rockets in the box score. For Memphis, uh, Mike Collingwood with 35, uh, Jonas Valanciunas with 33 points, 15 rebounds. And that is all for that game. Now, Toronto versus... What I will say about Memphis quickly is that, um, Memphis... Are in a tricky situation because their first round pick goes to Boston, and I I cannot remember if it's top three protected or whether if it's top ten protected. It's one of the two. It's not top five protected, but the way that Memphis want it to be is that right now they they believe that. They have a roster that they can build around, and the Jaron Jackson Jr. is the, their player for the future. And currently, the organization feels as if that they they don't need this year's first round pick. So they wouldn't, of course, they would prefer to have the pick, 
but it wouldn't be the worst thing for Memphis to, to for that Memphis pick to convey to Boston, which means that Boston would have a top ten pick, which is still crazy to say that that, that they are probably the third best team in the East and can still have a top ten pick. Proves how Dash is a mastermind. But what I will say is that and going back to the Memphis Grizzlies, that allows them to go into the final 10 games of the season like actually trying to win. Instead of trying to go for that top 10 pick, where if where if it if it lands in the top 10, they keep the, the top 10 pick. But if 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 they if they keep winning, it it will become a top fifteen. Pick. It will still become a lottery pick. Uh, and but they don't really mind if it if it becomes top ten or lottery because if it's a lottery pick anywhere between eleven to fifteen, it goes to Boston. Eleven. If it's anywhere between eleven to fifteen, it's Boston, and whether it's ten to one, it's Mem- Memphis's pick. So if the organization doesn't feel as if um, they want the pick or need the pick, that means that they can go forward into the final 10 games without having the pressure to lose and with all the intent to win, which I find an interesting situation for Memphis. Uh, Next game to point out, uh, Toronto versus OKC. Right. They're going Um, a bit of a bad run. What I will say is that, funnily enough, ever since the Utah Jazz, the Utah Jazz, um, 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 the Oklahoma fun, the Oklahoma City Thunder haven't been the same. What I will say, Paul George, second half of the year has been disappointing. Went from probably like, to top five. I still can't believe Paul George over Jokic. That that we had a debate about this in the morning, and I was extremely frustrated with you because of how you. You don't you don't have how you don't recognize probably the sixth best. Pro, probably the way that he's playing. I'm just not getting the vibe. The oh, fact no. is, the, the guy averages as a center averages twenty one points on nearly seventy five percent efficiency, ne- nearly eleven rebounds, and eight assists. For a center to be averaging eight assists, that's unheard of. He he'll be the first center in history. To average over six, six assists ever since. Chamberlain. But because what Chamberlain, he played every position. Everyone gave him the ball. Therefore, of course, he was going to get six assists. It hasn't been done by a modern day centre since. What Nikola Jokic is doing and carrying the Denver Nuggets, I I don't understand. How, how he is not in your mind a top a top three MVP because in everyone else he is a top three MVP candidate or ever since Paul George has fallen off in my mind. 
Well, don't, well, don't you? Yeah, like seriously, like. No, we'll, just... we'll put... I mean, we'll no, I, I, won't deny, I won't deny he's a good player. I'm just, I don't think he's top five. But, um, so, 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 are you saying it? Like, I understand if you put Paul George ahead of him, but who else do you have? Do you have ahead of Jokic in MVP? Honestly, nobody. Therefore, therefore, he, he because you only named four people. Yeah, because so that's why, like, when I texted it to you, I thought, like, after I texted to you, I realised, yeah, maybe uh, Nikola Jokic should have been there, because there's no one really else to put in there. Because, because the thing is, he's having a better season than Curry. He's having a better season than Durant. He is, like... You can, and in my mind, he he's having a better overall season than Paul George. But the thing is, what Paul George is doing, what Paul George did in the first half of the NBA season, can be argued to be um, probably one of the best um, first half of the season. Especially doing it both defensively and offensively. And carrying for Westbrook struggles. Uh, I don't know. I'm just, I, I just, I mean, he's definitely not going to win. Um, yeah, yeah, MVP, I, 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 sure. I'm not saying he's going to win MVP, but in my mind, and probably, and he, and everyone else mind, he's. The thing is, when the top three MB, because every year towards the end of the season the NBA reveals the top three and then the fans and then the media confirm the top three. Now, I fu- now we, we both know that Giannis and, and Harden will, fu- will end up in the top two. But but who gets that third spot is very interesting to me. Because that thir- third spot right now, realistically, to me that there are three people that could get it. And, and it's... To me, it's either... Joel Embiid, which I think Joel Embiid, if he continues this into into um, the final ten games, that because really realistically in these ten games the 76ers have a chance to catch the Toronto Raptors. If the 76ers end up as the second seed going into the playoffs, then then what I will say is that. Joel Embiid is the is is that third is that third place MVP candidate. If not, I still give it to Jokic, and then Embiid fourth, and then Paul George fifth. All right, we got to move on. Um, Toronto versus uh, OKC. Uh, Pascal Siakam with thirty three points, thirteen rebounds, six assists. Um, Kawhi with twenty two points. He's getting a bit quiet recent recently. Not really. I mean, he's still be, he's still been average, still getting. He's still been getting his twenty six points a game, or whatever it is, twenty six, twenty eight points. It's actually twenty seven. Twenty. <laughs> um, f- 
Fred Van Vliet with 23, but otherwise there's nothing to talk about. Apart from Jeremy Lin, <laughs> 6 points. Um, Russell Westbrook pretty much carried the team uh, to some sort of length um, with 42 points, 11 rebounds. Um, he had a decent I th- shooting night tonight. I, th- I think... Depend how OKC finish the final ten games. I really worry that they could be bounced, or from the way they played in the last fifteen games, they they could be bounced out in the first round. Bold prediction, I I know, but right. Let me just bring back to the standings. If they was if it was to uh, stay like this, they would right now be against Denver. So I'm gonna agree with you on that one. The if if the way they're currently playing, because I I think that Denver are gonna to get to the Western Conference. It I I don't because the thing is, both Denver and Houston scare me because Houston scare me. If James Harden has an off night, they're the most beatable team in the Western Conference. Or all considering considering the. Because if James Harden has an off night, or if James Harden has to miss him because he his back's feeling sore, um, then any of those eight teams can be can be the Houston Rockets, even with a semi-retired Chris Paul. Because at this point, I think next season will be Chris Paul's last season. You've heard it here first, but the way that that he's been in and out of injury just Proves to me that he's he's getting old. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to. Um, carrying on with the box score. Although I don't think there was. There's not much left on the box score for that game. Um, yeah, there's. I mean, Paul George with 19, but it's not the big firepower that he. Then, had then, then, yeah, but yeah, but uh, as we said. He he's had an off second half of the year, which is unfortunate for him. But yeah, which yeah, yeah it's unfortunate. Um, that that's pretty much it for the box score and for all box scores today. Uh, although I do want to mention our favorite player, probably or one of our favorites, Luka Doncic. Yeah. 24 points against Portland, but lost, actually. Um, I just think that the Mavs are in a really weird position. That they don't, they don't know whether to win and get Luka Doncic and only play in 10 minutes a game, get him ready for the season. Or they could ask him to go full throttle, win a few games. The thing is, do they want that top five pick? Because if they want that top five pick pick and potentially get a Nasir Little or a Bol Bol. Imagine if they get Bol Bol. You would have Luca point. Tim Hardaway Jr. shooting guard. Whoever they have at small forward. Chris that pause um Finney Smith. Who is a very good defender Finney Smith it's probably a top twenty defender, top defender in the league. 
and he's underrated. Um, then, uh, then you've got um, what do you call it? Chris is a power forward, but the thing is, he will. But he won't. People are now saying he won't be ready until November twenty nineteen. Nah. And but so then at power forward you've got um, what's that um, German guy called Klebitzer that they have at power forward? You know who I'm talking about. Yeah. And then they have Bulba at center. Like if they get the top five pick, they need to draft Bulba. Because the the way that that they can have the twin towers of pausing bowl and then still have or the or they or they can Cleo Dumbia, the French shooting guard, has been killing in the French league and is probably um gonna win rookie of the year in the French league. And then and then bit bit He's not at all on how Dallas view him and how they see Tim Hardaway Jr., whether they see him as a permanent option, whether they believe in Jalen Brunson being their full-time shooting guard. They could they could look at Sekou Dumbia because currently most people have Sekou Dumbia going as the eighth pick in the draft. But depending on how Dallas see him and how, how they've gone with the European theme recently... Um, how they could view him as, as a top five pick. It's interesting how they go, like assign a lot of players from you. Like they've now added Paul Zingas. And if they had Sikuyu Dumbia, like it would de- because originally what what was going to happen in the twenty seventeen year draft is that da- Dallas wanted to draft Frank Nilakina. but the thing is they thought. That because New York had told everyone on the night that they were going to draft Dennis Smith Jr. And then Phil Jackson smokes a bit of weed on the night. Oh, so he's going to go with Frank Nilakina. As a Frenchman, I am so happy for Frank Nilakina. But he would have been much better in the system at Dallas where he wasn't. Because the thing is, Frank Nilakina was Sekou Dumbia or wasn't a Killian Hayes. Killian Hayes. Uh, is younger than Sekou Dumbia, and he's also in the Rookie of the Year conversation. But he's going to be in the 2020 draft, and Killian Hayes ha- has already got his first French cap for the French basketball team. Sekou Dumbia has not got his first French cap, but they're saying that um, uh, Killian Hayes next year might be a top three pick. I am so excited for Killian Hayes. You need to look him up. Will That's Lamelo what... Ball be top three though? That's no, Lamelo Ball. Lamelo Ball will, won't even be a top ten pick. He'll be a top fifteen. But I, I don't. I don't think Lamelo. Unless because the thing is, Lamelo Ball because 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 he's signed to a brand, and how the NCAA works is that. He he is technically already a professional athlete because he has already played professional. He has already signed a deal with a a shoe company by himself. He he's not an amateur athlete. All these players that go into college are amateur athletes. Zion Williamson is an amateur athlete, which is crazy to say. 
but he does not qualify because because two or three years ago, if he hadn't gone to Lithuania and if everything between the Bull family and you and UCLA had gone right, Lamelo Ball could have been gone to UCLA and could have been a top three pick at, USC, at UCLA. But right right now, with all the shenanigans and how scouts and NBA offices do not trust Lavar Ball, I I do not see how Lamelo Ball is a top fifth is a top is a top three pick in a draft or even a top five. I would even say that in the 2020 draft, he could even go as low as 20. He'll be a first round pick next year. Like he'll be a first round pick, but I don't think he could be towards a top 15 pick. Two things I want to mention. First off, um, NBADraft.net. It's actually a decent website for draft predictions and stuff. But they predict that Lamelo will be in fifteenth, uh, drafted by Miami. Which I which I think is exactly right where he should be because because no one trusts Lavar Ball. And the th- the fact is, if Lamelo Ball had stayed in high school, had gone through the traditional route, he would top five pick because I think Lamelo Ball is has the potential to be the best ball brother. Mm. Although, although I do think that Lonzo Ball can be an all-star. And if I think Lonzo Ball can be an all-star, that means I think Lamelo Ball in few could be... Like, I think Lamelo Ball will be one of the worst defenders of all time. Because he doesn't even defend in high school. And that's why... And that's why even... Because even if he could get signed to a college, and even if Lamelo Ball... Can prove it in his because Lavar Ball is now trying to go to court against the NCAA. Why? Um, to revoke because what uh, tri- uh, Big Ball Brand have done is because they've signed Lamelo Ball as an athlete. He has gone from amateur high school athlete to professional high school athlete, therefore taking his right to play college to play college ball. But now that 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 they've released him or that he doesn't play under the big baller brand, although he still has a signature shoe and stuff. Um, that it's really tough with Lamelo Ball because he's not going to go to college. His he's dad probably... ruined his career. His dad's re... No, honestly, his dad's ruined the early part of his career. But I think that Lamelo Ball will probably end up in the G League next year. And then surely he'll and then get, he'll, and then this and then, some, uh, and then this summer he will probably sign a G League contract, play his first year in the G League, get released from his G League contract before the NBA draft. Um then get home trained for about the month before the draft and then declare as a prospect from the G League, and he would, and he would be the third player to try to try and get drafted from the G League. It's a very complicated story. Um, before we go on to the um, the UFC, if there is any news, um, I want to talk about whilst we're speaking of college, Mark Madness. 
Well, and um, I said my the thing is Matt um Cripple one I mean um the way that March Madness works it's so broad that we'd have to spend a whole episode on it. No, but I just mean like who who do you think is gonna win? I think the two players most the two teams most likely going to win it in my mind are North Carolina, Virginia Tech, Tennessee, and Duke. Those are the only four teams I could see winning it. And those are the teams that are in the final four. I just hope Duke don't choke it in one of the games. Duke have the best college team of all time. I know, I know. No, I just... no, no actually, that could be debatable depend, depending on on depending on who you ask. That They'll say the Fab Five. And depending on who you you, you you'll ask that uh, you'll say the Duke team of 2018-19. But also, um, isn't Bobo injured? Yes, Bobo's injured. So how long is he injured for? Uh, the, he's missing the rest of the college year. Oh, so he's not going to play in the March he's not Madness. Play Ma- March Madness. Because if if Bobo was playing, I, I I would say Oregon has a chance at the Final Four. But I think it's dead. Anyway, I think I think if we want to go more into into, our ma- into March Madness, because me and you both ha- don't watch the NCAA religiously, I think we would have to do a bit more research on it, and potentially that that could be in episode six or seven. Um, have you got anything UFC related? Um, not really. You've, you've still got recovery from the massive down tier. Actually, um, on UFC news, although it's not results, TJ Dillashaw, um, um, TJ TJ Dillashaw, um, bantamweight, uh, gone down to flyweight to challenge Henry Cejudo. Lost. Again. We cut. Co- we covered it on episode two. Again. Um. Yeah. And but it turns out that um, USADA, which is the drug testing pool, the New York Athletic State Commission, have found an adverse finding, which means they they found an illegal drug in the system. Now the question is with that is whether maybe a substance he took to cut weight or a substance that he ate, or because in most cases sometimes the foods that certain fighters eat. Is contaminated with a drug that's on the no drugs list by the UFC. So it really does depend, but because it's an adverse finding and that that he he feels guilty enough to tell his fans first rather than being told off and then fighting and then fighting it, um, really just points to the fact that it may have actually been performance enhancing or it might have been an because the thing is, TJ Dillashaw is a pretty big 135er. And to therefore cut £10 to make 125 like it was nothing seems a bit odd to, to us all. It did, no, it wasn't. I, I won't say it was odd. I, I will say it was weird. I wouldn't even say it was weird. It was kind of unique on how um, easy it was for um, him to cut the weight. 
So it might have been a weight hiding supplement, but we'll never know in, until the te- the testing's released. And in, until ev- until details are released, I won't comment on the matter. But from a UFC fan's perspective, it's interesting on what they do division wise. Now, 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 what do you do with the um, with the flyweight division? Do you hold up both divisions and give Henry Cejudo um, a title fight against Marlon Moraes? Who, anyway, whichever fight is made, Marlon Moraes will be in will be in in the fight because Marlon Moraes is the unanimous number one contender bantamweight. So they cannot make any fight without him being in it. Now, it's whether they they go for the for the best of the what do you call it? The best of the um bantamweight division where they they do a Marlon Moraes versus a Pedro Munez or they do Marlon Moraes versus Aljamain Sterling too. Although I don't think that would be the same result as the first Aljamain Sterling fight, where um, Marlon Moraes fin- finishes Aljamain Sterling in the first round. So that, that it's very much that there's a lot of components, but I think the right fight to make for me at bantamweight, if they want to keep it at bantamweight, and um. If they want to keep it bantamweight, um, you, you then do Marlon Moraes versus Pedro Munez, who re- realistically are the two best bantamweights that haven't got the title. Now, um, if you if you want to build up the storyline of Henry Cejudo versus TJ Dillashaw, or and you you have Marlon Moraes face t- face um, Henry Cejudo, if Marlon Moraes beats um, beats um what you may call it um Henry Cejudo then Marlon Moraes go down to 125 and try for that belt and then Marlon Moraes is made of superstar because I think Marlon Moraes is the best bantamweight in the world however what I will say is that if Henry Cejudo does beat does beat um bat, does beat anyone about does beat Marlon Moraes that basically makes Henry Cejudo the best small weight fighter in in the UFC and therefore he's a division weight weight champion and that proves even more to me that if Henry Cejudo wins that they will cut the 125 division because the fact is the 125 division isn't making the, the UFC money and at the end of the day like before anything, the UFC is a business, and therefore, if one of the divisions is making the UFC lose money rather than make them money, then the 125 division has had this problem ever since Demetrius Johnson, who, in my opinion, Demetrius Johnson is the greatest fighter of all time, to go on a 12-fight win streak and defend your title in and not knock out or submit your opponent in a dominant fashion. And again, that proves how good TJ. Uh, that that either raises two questions: whether Demetrius Johnson was elite or whether his competition was too weak. Personally, I believe that that um you, you that Henry, that 
because in my mind, Demetrius Johnson won that Henry Cejudo fight, which would mean we would have had Demetrius Johnson versus TJ Dillashaw, and then that that, and then I I I would believe at whatever weight that would have happened, um, we would have got either the same result or either a different result. However, however, now that you've got Henry Cejudo, if and if he wins the title in a Marlon Moraes fight, it basically holds up the division because that means that either they cut the 125 division and leave contenders like Drew, Drew Formega and um, I can't, and Joseph Benavidez um, at bantamweight with, with without fights, or uh, and then if he beats Marlon Moraes, I. I really don't want to see an Aljamain Sterling, um, Aljamain Sterling Henry Cejudo fight because the thing is, Henry Cejudo would beat Aljamain Sterling because if Henry Cejudo can beat Marlon Moraes and TJ Dillashaw, then that that basically clears out ban- the bantamweights and it it makes the situation tense. So whatever situation you look at it for the he- for for both divisions being healthy and how I think that Henry Cejudo should fight Drusha Formega because Drusha Formega fights this weekend at uh, UFC Nashville which we will preview on episode 6 which will be on which we will we will do episode 6 on the Saturday morning on Saturday, then we will release it on Sunday or something, and then on Mon- and then on on episode seven we will re- review UFC Nashville, um, or something. Uh, but depending on Jerusha Formega winning or not, Jerusha Formega should have the next title if Henry Cejudo staying at flyweight. So it's a very complicated situation, and that's my only UFC news. I don't have enough time to do a full UFC Nashville breakdown. But if, if we can get episode 6 out within the next 24 to 48 hours, we will definitely do a UFC Nashville preview. Maybe maybe in episode 5.5 where, where it can just be a 20 episode of me just breaking down UFC Nashville. Um, I'll do my uh, football section now. Any comments on, on UFC Nashville or... The TJ Dillashaw situation. Um, never. Did you hear about it? No, I was about to say I never. I didn't hear about the TJ Dillashaw situation, and but, also. Well, but would you be? Would you be? Would you clarify? Because, um, Quiver One does scheduling, so could you get get give us a heads up on on potentially an episode five point five and one episode six previewing at UFC Nashville? Give the fans what they want. Uh, fans, we will do a 5.5. No, yeah, but, uh, yes, a little backstage thing, um, will you be available to do it on Saturday morning? Shorting. Okay. I probably won't go to training, because, uh, of my thumb. Oh, yeah, you're... Thumb and stuff, so... See, see, Cripple 1 injured himself doing wheelchair basketball. So, so, I think what we'll do... Is episode five point five. We will re- we will review. Uh, we will preview a uh, UFC Nashville, 
we could even do a, a UFC uh, a episode five point five point two L or or no, five point five version two version two uh, where where we do a full hour about wheelchair basketball because we haven't got around to it like the blog also announcement on the blog the bl- all actions on the blog which will mostly be everything the, the in the podcast plus movies in written format and football football in written formats on the blog starting starting from July in the summer so uh, because we we we're, we're just busy enough doing the podcast if we add the blog i think we we will just be too we will be too uh, busy to do and we still have to have lives so yeah disabled to have lives you know shell shocked thank you for that um in football today i'll mention something uh, not very important but you might benefit from this mainly because uh, france is your home nation um Pop- yes, the odds have come out, and we're and we're number one. Yes, yes, I saw. Well, no, I wasn't going to say that because that's important. But um, Pogba decided to copy the NBA and buy ring the whole French team after they won the World Cup. Yeah, but did he do that just now? Because I swear he did it after the World Cup. No, he did it like a f- um, two days ago. Right. Yeah, like no, because the thing is. Th- Antoine Griezmann is the biggest NBA fan. I like, literally, if you like, you don't understand how much Antoine Griezmann loves loves basketball. At one point, I can't remember he, who, he was Damien Lillard or someone like that that he did a, a shootout or something. I can't remember who it was with. Um, his favorite player is D'Angelo Russell, and he's a Nets fan. So <gasps> come on, Poland. Sorry, they right. Uh, they we've had uh, doing an intermission while you update uh, update um the people on Polish football. Oh my Go. god. Um, hang on a second. Let me just calm see, down. See, see, we're spontaneous on the bro, you know podcast. Let me just calm down. Calm down. Yes, the people want true emotion, so show your true emotion. Uh, plug our social media whilst I come back. Uh, right. No. Right. Uh, we're so professional. Here on the on the uh, podcast, so you can find us on Instagram at, at Bro You Know Podcast and blog on the Instagram and the Twitter. Where from the Instagram and the Twitter, we've got a link tree which just allows you to to access on us on Spotify, Sound not SoundCloud, Spotify, and casting. It it allows you to to see us in any form that you want, and basically. In future, what we want you to do is is head to our Instagram, which is, uh, which is is bro, you know, under underscore podcast underscore underscore blog or something, and leave us questions so we can do a Q and A episode because we need it. And this plug is going on for way too long. Please so I'm give gonna us wrap. the questions. Yeah. So, so what what was this break thing? Um, so I just need to let my mum know that our amazing youngster, Krzysztof Piontek, amazing Milan, uh, AC Milan player, his first goal for his club. Why did you Why did you feel feel the need to tell your mum? Because my mum is loves her country. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, I can understand why you would have told told your dad. My dad's not here. You... 
have a oh, yeah, interest yeah. in stuff as well, so. Is she really? Yeah. I would need to ask your, your mum and dad. She would watch every single World Cup uh, Poland, Polish game. Uh, uh, anyway, if, P- if Piatek uh, continues this form, I, th- I think I think he's easily the next Manchester City target because he's all, even though he's just moved to Milan, he's already being linked moved to City within the next year and a half. Yeah, but he's such an amazing player. Um, anyway, um, probably a replacement for Sergio Aguero at Manchester City. Um. Uh, yeah, Poland's playing, uh, but also 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 20 other teams uh, to get qualified for the Euro 2020s. Um, most of the games aren't uh, like Israel or Slovenia or things like that, but. Um, it, it, Israel, it's Israel, mate. Say oh, it properly. It's the same thing. No, it's not. Say it properly for all our Israeli listeners that may listen to us. Israel. Israel. Wait, what? It's Israel, and and they're called Israelis. So you say Israel? No, Israel. Yes. Israel. Yes, obviously. It is real, isn't it? No. (laughs) no, no, Now you're confusing me, but say it the right way. Israel. It's not... No, it's not Israel. It's Israel. Israel. Yeah, it's Israel. Yeah, that's what I said the first time. No, you no, you said Israel. Did I? Yes, you did. Mm. Say it properly. Israel. No. Israel. <laughs> you just said Israel. Israel. You just told me Israel. Israel. Say Israel. Israel. Yeah, that, that's the way you say it. Okay. Now I understand. Um... We're so professional on the Bro You Know podcast. Apart from obviously Poland, because Poland are the greatest. Um, no, they're, they're, I mean, they're probably are they 22nd on, you, on the FIFA rankings or something. Do you know what? Speaking of the FIFA rankings, I may as well update everybody on them, seeing as it is a FIFA event going on uh, soon. But, well, I mean 2020, but um, the. Rankings are Belgium in first, unless it's not updated. I thought France were. No, it pro- they probably are. But, uh, it may not have been updated yet. Um, no, because Fra- they they have, they have more points. Well, no, we, apparently they have one less points, one point less. Um, Brazil in third, Croatia fourth, England fifth. I mean, wow. Uh, they they played well recently, and Poland is in twentieth. Yeah, I told you. Um, that is pretty much it for the world rankings because that's all anybody cares about. Um, Belgium are playing right now. Actually, speaking of them, uh, winning two one against Russia, who I think did pretty well in the World Cup. Yeah, they were. And they came like as underdogs. Run? Came in as underdogs and surprised us all. Is that your football section done or not? Uh, yeah. Okay, so from us here at Bro, you know, bye bye. No, actually, we we will finish it properly. And goodbye. <laughs>